This is an ABC podcast. Hi, I'm Ebony Marinoff and you're listening to The W with Shani and Sammy Lane. Welcome back to The W with Shani and Sam. It is round seven, one and done of AFLW season 2022 2.0. Shans, have I got the twos right? Shani Nodder, I want to welcome you to this pod of yours. Mm, yes, of mine. Well, it's <laughs> well, why true. That's why, well, that's why it's Shani and Sam, because really it's, it's my pod and you're my guest. So thank you for <laughs> introducing me to my pod every week. That's um, okay. But I have to say an extra thank you today because you've done your hair. You've got these beautiful curls. Usually you're a bit beach washed, but you're actually not even in Sydney today. You're in Melbourne yeah. and you, Mole, you didn't even come and say good day. Oh, did you just call me? A Mole. And- yeah, M-O-L-E, M-O-L-E, oh, your mole. You are so netball sometimes. <laughs> it's true. We are netballers. We can be a little bit um, B-I-T-C-H-Y sometimes. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know if this, like, qualifies on the ABC, you know, no. ethics report when they vet oh, what goes on the podcast. But let's hope we're kicking off, Shans. Thank you for commenting on my hair. And I'm here for you permanently every week during the AFLW season at least. <laughs> conversation i'm just your medium to talk about you know yes. your life and all of that <laughs> no 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 um i have i am on tour chance you know yes. um you were the captain of australian netball i'm just like on tour talking to an incredibly tall man at the moment and um that man's name is luke longley a basketballer Amazing. and um a pioneer in another code of sport but um i've got to say before we jump off this topic i was thinking Thinking of you at about midnight, he's Luke Longley's doing a speaking tour. I'm asking him the difficult, sometimes difficult questions. When I was washing off a few things from my face at about midnight, I thought I want to keep these eyelashes on for Shani in the morning so that they're skew whiffing all over the place. <laughs> but they fell off in the sink and oh, I was devastated. I actually so I wanted to stick them back on, but um, oh, it didn't. I would have um, had to ask where you and Luke Longley went afterwards last <laughs> night if you had have kept those giant lashes on, I, you would have hit the town. You'll be very proud. I wound down with a fake beer. I'm a big fan of the fake beer. Sometimes you just need the bottle, the feeling yes. of a beer, but, you know, you don't need the, the alcohol. With the zero, the zero alcohol. How are we starting our round seven debrief like this? I've got no idea, Shans, because... What I really want to do after the round of football that we have just seen is ask you that I feel like the the round perhaps was defined by some individual highlights that perhaps could give us the highlights of the season from marks to goals to run down tackles. And if you don't mind, can we start with a competition today? You know I love competition. I know. I'm probably the most competitive person going around. But who, who am I can? competing with what's this competition okay okay so what you're gonna do i'm gonna give you some nominations we're gonna pretend that this is the aflw not logies because of course if if it's a prize in aflw does it have a name um no no so we're gonna go the nameless award okay for the w show exactly so our our awards today 
are going to be I want you Shani Norda you are the former captain of Australian netball to choose of the moments of individual brilliance that I am going to present as nominations which one only one would you choose because you value it the most above all else so let's go with me yeah yeah we've got taylor harris who took an incredible one-handed grab a contender for mark of the year i'd say in the demon 64 point demolition of the dogs we have ruby sparks incredible rundown tackle um free kick and convert to goal we have maddie presparkas essendon football club a phenomenal blistering 37 disposal game and four tackles. Kiara Bowers oh blitzing God. 19 tackles in her match. And the final nominee, Shani, is Darcy Vessio from the Carlton Football Club. Darcy moved by their coach to the back line and is pivotal in the Blues win on the weekend over St Kilda. Shans, it is over to you. You Tell us which one of all the efforts you would take and why. Okay. I'm going to have to, like, this is really tough. Um, but out of everything that I watched on the weekend, um, are you? I don't know if you're ready for this, but the winner is... Good wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Ruby Spark from the Brisbane Lions. So, like, and reason being, and this is a huge credit to Ruby because obviously there was ridiculous. You just, ju- you just judged Ruby the winner. I did. <laughs> I did judge. Itself. And um, so the reason being for me why this was so huge, it was the active effort that was required. And this is really what is setting Brisbane Lions apart from every other team at the moment. Um, We know they've got a huge game coming up against Adelaide this weekend to see how they're really going to go against second place. But um, she was just that her ability to run that ball down the wing from defensive 50, take the bounce, go again to be able to get the handball off while she's knackered um, and then to be able to follow up the ball inside 50 that's a good 150 metres of sprinting to then tackle, get a holding the ball to get a free kick in front of goal and to be able to kick that goal when you were absolutely knackered. Those are the acts of brilliance that not only get you the goal at the end, but also lift the whole team. Mm. Like you probably don't even need to do anything for the rest of the game after you've inspired the rest of your teammates by putting in that much effort and just showing at the end of the day, which I think a lot of players could learn, that hard work pays off. It's not always about skill. Sometimes it's just about digging in when you don't think you can run any harder or faster um, to be able to go again and go again and get that reward. And it really reminded me of Jamie Elliott's brilliance in the Collingwood games this year when we nearly lost um, in multiple games and he would just constantly get those free kicks inside 50 um, to turn it over. So that, for me, is our no-name Logie of the Week, Sam. I like it. And it has been roundly celebrated as a play of the year across competitions. Uh, If you haven't seen that highlight, check it out. It is an absolute ripper. Ruby Spark, the rightful winner, I would say, of this (laughs) podcast awards. And just as well, because Shani says and what Shani says happens. Shans, let's go then. Let's, Let's turn this conversation into a bigger picture. The winner or loser 
of the round. So essentially here what I'm going to ask you in a in a round where I think many significant things have happened in terms of the ladder and mm. the, the defining of teams, whether it be a loss or a win, what I want you to do is tell us which one of the following means the most. Let's kick it off with the Sydney Swans. Um, it's a little bit mean, but I'm just going to do that because they still have not recorded a win. Uh, they went down on the weekend to the Gold Coast 34 point losers this time the Swans and still looking for that win that I think the longer this season goes and there are just three home and away rounds left people are thinking that the Swans will be winless Um, that's just a matter of fact Carlton's rebound against St Kilda was that the most significant result was the Brisbane Lions beating North, one of the flag contenders, by seven points, the one that you would choose, or Hawthorne, uh, the first expansion team of 2022 to reach three three wins and three on the trot to boot. Well, Richmond as well, I'd put in the mix. Your brain is already exploding. They've got five on the trot now, five wins on the trot, or... This is the one I'm going to throw in as the last contender, Shans, for you to decipher. Melbourne winning by 64 points over the otherwise highly regarded Western Bulldogs. It is over to you. Well, Sam, I know that I can't have runners up, but I do have a few mentions to make. So Geelong to start off with. They got their very first wins on the trot. Now, remember, they've been in the competition since 2019. So it's a huge effort for them to continue building. But for me, I was actually surprised Chloe Shear didn't make your list of individual brilliance. Yes, yes. apologies, Chloe. It was brilliant, but you know, you've got to be decisive. We do have to be decisive. Um, So in saying that, whilst they were able to get their three wins on the trot, my next shout out goes to Hawthorne because it's their very first year and they've got three wins on the trot. Mm -hmm. So when you compare the both of them for Geelong to get it for the first time since being in 2019 and Hawthorne to get it in the very first year. Um, You know, that that's a huge, massive effort. But then, you know, we flip over to have a quick look at Port Adelaide who kicked one goal, 10, and that's going to be really frustrating Mm. for them. Uh, So they're my shout outs before the winner of the no name Logie is Hampson Hardiman Cup. Melbourne demolishing the Bulldogs. They absolutely threw the dogs a bone and made them run away. They put them in an absolute box. So that, you know, this was the Bulldogs opportunity to be able to stand up. And what I'm finding at the moment that any of those teams that are sitting kind of sixth or seventh down, they're able to beat the teams below them, but they're really struggling to beat the top five teams. So um, for me, for Melbourne, to be able to put um, the burners on and show the competition what they're made of this year was the standout for me. And also, as I mentioned, being the Hampson Hardeman Cup, which has been going longer um, than what the AFLW has because mm. that was the name of the exhibition games that started before AFLW. Um, and so that just has to, has to take the cake, Sammy. 
Yeah, they were in a ruthless frame of mind, the demons, and I loved it more than three times the number of tackles uh, than their opponents. The Western Bulldogs really, like you said, um, put them in a box, put them in their place. The demons travel to Metricon uh, for round eight and face the Suns. I suspect they will just be wanting to kick on through the season, and they are among that bracket chance of the four top teams of the competition as we complete round seven. That is Brisbane. Adelaide, Melbourne, Collingwood, and a very healthy percentage to um, the the Demons, albeit behind Brisbane and Adelaide's. So, Shans, they're our winners. Um, a couple of sinners in there, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but let's um, before we move to our our special guest for this week. Since we last recorded a pod, Shans, we have had a round ten fixture release. That is the final round of this AFLW season. What did you see in terms of what the AFL set for us and when that got you rubbing your hands together with deep anticipation? Well, you would have to say that it's probably the way that the AFL promoted it that got me rubbing Mm. my hands together because I just went Brisbane Collingwood at the moment to top four sides, which is going to give them the double chance, which is super, super exciting on a Friday night blockbuster. Mm. Mm -hmm. Bloody amazing. (laughs) Um, And then the Sunday game. So that's going to be Richmond against North Melbourne two at currently um, in the top eight, but the bottom top eight, (laughs) um, you could say. And, And so probably more so for North Melbourne than Richmond at the moment, especially after their tight loss on the weekend, going to be fighting for a top eight spot. So really going to be tuning in. But Sam, I think um, what's most interesting, and I don't have a problem with it at all, um, is just the way the AFL have obviously manipulated when these games are going to be to obviously draw in that crowd to be able to watch these really what are going to be the most exciting games of the round. And we do see this in the men's, don't we? You know, you've used the word manipulation there. It's what happens. It's a fact of life. Like broadcasters get to sit down and I'm I'm saying Channel 7 and Fox Sports, they get to sit down with the AFL and say, we want this on Friday night primetime. We want this on Saturday. And then it's just like a big negotiation. Um, The AFLW is clearly not the juggernaut yet that the AFL men's is in terms of drawing television audiences. But it's the same thing that applies here they're bookending that final round of aflw with what they see as the most compelling ladder shaping contest and they've done it We've got another very exciting guest this week on the w with shani and sam she is coming to us all the way from radelaide it is the one it is the only ebony marinoff and I'm not even going to ask a specific question because Ebony, in coming on, has demanded that she just command the mic and give us some kind of big statement right off the top. So, Ebony, that's all I can say apart from welcome. No, I'm very glad to be here with um, you, Sammy, and good old Shani Layton, um, who I have a confession to make was my female. uh, She was my. She was my idol. She was a superstar. Um, so I kind of pinched myself, you know, obviously been playing for seven years now. But, um, yeah, when I when I get to do things with good old Shani Layton, um, yeah, I still pinch myself because she was a diamond, she was a thunderbird, and she was my idol. Oh, you are full of it, Ebony Marinoff. <laughs> you are absolutely – is this like – And if you look the- at it back in the day, I, there would be a story – 
there would be a story that you and my idol a long time ago. So <laughs> you've got to own this and claim it, Shani Lady. Oh, mate. Is this when I was in the, the bright pink Adelaide Thunderbirds dress? Yeah. Yep. Were you just a crawling baby, a little five-year-old? Uh, no, I was working at the cafe at Etza Park, which it was called back then, thank you very much. I heard you screaming in that goalkeeper ring for about <laughs> many years. I even got the call up one day because the mascot was sick and they said, do you want to be T-Bird for the day? I said, sure thing. <laughs> I am. I don't blush often, Ms. Ebony Maranoff, <laughs> but I am blushing. And well, how the tables turn, because now I watch you as the top disposal getter this year with 180, absolutely smashing it. And now I look up to you. How does that make you feel? Oh, well, like up but down because you're shorter. But like, how does that make you feel? Oh, oh, well, Sean, I'm blushing now too. Um <laughs> Oh, no, nah, just for me, like, you know, I just remember everyone, like, loving Serena Williams and, like, people that were overseas or, like, tennis. But, yeah, I just, yeah, so that's, that's cool. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know don't how, you how things have changed. Yeah. When it becomes you. Yeah, yeah. When people look up to you because, like, we all of us Australians have imposter syndrome, right? And we all never think that we're good enough to be what we are. And then when we make it, you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Do I belong here? Do I belong here? Yeah. Well, you absolutely do, Ebs. I can guarantee you, like, in Australian history of sport, that's where you are and that's where you belong. Okay, I am loving this love fest. I want to jump in, Shans, if you don't mind. Can I separate oh, the two of you? Yeah. Let's see how Eb's feeling after the Crows have just come off another three-goal win, this time beating the Frio Dockers. What kind of uh, take did you, yeah, put on the game, Eb? Yeah, again, I'm just really proud of the girls to be able to grind it out and grit it out. Um, it's probably been something that we've been working on over the past couple of years, just Sometimes when we've been down, we kind of get, you know, flat and just don't bring another energy level coming into the next quarter and so on. So I think even against Collingwood this year, we had the fight back um, this weekend on Freo. Just the ability to win those tight games um, when the heat's on um, in footy, games can change quickly. And if you're not the one that um, is prepared to dig deep and really find an extra gear, um, you can lose the four points pretty pretty quickly. And, yeah, it, it was hard. Frio, they've they challenged Melbourne the week before and they challenged us. So um, if anyone's coming up against Frio, they're, they're going to they're gonna get a win soon, I think. Um, but just our ability to, to get over the line and, and really put our foot down, um, yeah, on, in the fourth quarter was, was really impressive. But uh, we've got a lot of work to do. Oh, I'm hoping that win doesn't come against the Pies this weekend, uh, just quietly. But <laughs> do you carry a lot of that weight on you? Because you had another massive 32 disposals. You're killing it this year. But a lot of those were actually in the first half. So do you kind of take it upon yourself to go, crap, that like Frio were really riding you in that first half? And what is your mentality around kind of that pushing through to you almost carry the team on your shoulders to get them through and then the whole team managed to break away in that second half? Yeah. I mean, it's actually, yeah, it's not ideal. I don't want to be getting my hands on the footy um, that much given the fact that, you know, we were down. It's a team game. We need everyone um, bringing the energy, bringing the heat and, and getting their hands on the footy. But, yeah, as you can imagine, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm a competitive person and, I, and I'm a leader and I need to make sure that I'm, you know, I guess leading the team and, and doing my bit. But um, reality is, is we need everyone um, giving us that. We, we, we have 21 players who are picked and selected. So, yeah, I, I'm always digging deep and, and hopefully doing my bit. But, yeah, we, we were able to get everyone with a bit of energy in the last quarter, but you're going to come up against teams that aren't going to allow you to do that. You are always digging deep, Eb. That's what we love about you. One of the many things we love about you. A couple of games ago, you hit 500 tackles. You're the first player to do so um, in the AFLW. Uh, you sit second in the tackle count this season. I don't know if that eggs you on behind Kiara Bowers, but tell us how you're rating your own season uh, personally, because when you played your first AFLW season, of course, um, you were the voted the competition's best uh, young player. How does this year measure up? Oh, I think, um, yeah, I, I'm obviously in, in um, yeah, some some form, um, which is nice. But, yeah, I, I think I've been a big believer in you're only as good as your people around you. Um, and, and that's just facts. And we've been pretty successful over the years and, um, yeah, so have many of my teammates and I've had a couple of, you know, good years as well. But, yeah, I think you're only as good as your people around you. And when I've got superstars left left front and centre, I mean, I could list my whole team. Um, but they make it easy to play to my strengths and, and that is um, tackling and my contested ball and, and winning the footy. So, yeah, I mean, we've had a few girls coming to the midfield this year um, a bit more with... Tia Charlton and, and Abby Ballard and, you know, they're able to, I guess, get their hands dirty, but as, as well, just executing a really, I guess, hard role. Um, not as many game minutes when they come on, they're helping, you know, the likes of myself and, and Hatchie to, to be the best we can be for our team. Um, and, you know, Shans, you'd know in, in a team, you have to have those role players and you have mm. to have everyone, I guess, on board. Um, to, to what you're trying to do to be successful. And, and we've got many of those. But, yeah, I just want to keep winning. That's why I play. So if I can play where I want to help my team win, um, I'm a happy girl. And it's not um, as easy as, you know, just obviously going out there week in, week out, doing the same. You're a full-time, full-time All-Australian. How are you managing to stay so consistent in your performances and continuing to take it up another step? Yeah, well, I've been um, tagged many times in, in my career and I actually have been the past couple of weeks as well. So I think the biggest thing for me um, is just making sure I'm at my at my fittest. Um, yeah, I do a mountain of work in the pre-pre-season um, to make sure that when I get to pre-season, um, you know, in the right physical condition. And, and that doesn't always mean, you know, it's, it's different because you want to come into pre-season being able to get, even better, um, yeah. but I probably do all the running and the and the strength component a lot more. And then when I come to preseason in footy, I can really, I guess, hone my skills and um, get myself up to scratch with mm. ball in hand. So you probably find when you come, well, some of the girls or even some of the men, if they don't come to preseason physically fit, they play catch up. That is such an insight into you, Eb, and to anyone listening, they will have picked it up. <laughs> I've never heard someone speak about the pre-pre-season. Um, it says everything about your growth and it answers Shani's question about how you have just got better and better. Hey, you also spoke about um, you're only as good as the team around you. Your team used to have the best player in the competition 
in, um, well, wherever she was stationed, basically, that being Erin Phillips. Take your mind back and take us into the very first experience where the Adelaide Crows this year played without her. What did that feel like? Yeah, um, I feel like it's it's probably like it's a good question, but um, I mean, reality is we probably you know took a couple of weeks to to find that forward forward connect, and I mean, Aaron Phillips was once our was once our forward connect and our captain, and now Chelsea Randall's leading the way in that. Um, mid forward roles so how the tables have turned um but just probably with it in more taking time um you know to, to work out because as you say Aaron was a pretty bloody good player for us and um match winner and and could turn a game on on one one kick or one mm. handball or one specky um but yeah we, we, we've found our feet now but yeah I think even with Aaron, I'm sure if you asked her um, you know, with her time here, she she was only as good as the people around her as well and we bloody enjoyed our time playing with Erin and, yeah, we had a lot of success and a lot of fun together. It looks as if, as, as a unit, you've hardly missed a beat and it's it's really a theme of what people are saying around the Crows this year that just, gosh, how have you lost, you know, not only Erin but Justine Mules as well who was a vital cog for you too and Foley who I know wasn't always on the park but there's also Jess Sedgenry, Nikki Gore. Um, has it surprised you in any way when you think back to what you had in your mind about, gee, it will be different without them, um, I guess headlined by Erin, that you have you been surprised by your ability and the pace with which the team has been able to adapt without them? Yeah, look, if I'm going to be honest, no. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> okay. to put it blankly, you know, when everyone was, uh, you know, no Aaron Phillips, no Crows, um, yeah, I, I knew that that was the outside noise, but I knew that we had incredible depth. Um, I, like I, I knew it was going to take a little bit of time for us to find our feet. You know, you, you speak of the likes of Justine Mules, who was an exceptional player for us, probably bloody underrated, to be honest. You know, her pressure and her energy she brought um, is irreplaceable, but it gives someone else an opportunity to bring something unique and different. Um, but I had, yeah, I had great faith in our program um, that we had girls that were willing to put in the work and, and show Doc and the coaches um, that they were ready to put their hand up and say, pick me. I want to be part of this team. Um, I want to play. I want to be within the 21. So, no, I had incredible faith. Um, I didn't think it was going to be easy. Um, and a lot of girls put in a lot of hard work and mm. even us uh, more experienced players or players that have been here for a long time have also put in work and um, time and energy to make sure that we're leading the way, but also giving other girls opportunity to, to stamp their mark on the team. But no, no surprise, just um, a little bit of time and hard work. I just had a little bit of a giggle there because I know what it's like. And you've just shown and told us really um, how strong that Crows culture really is you know like some people might have thought it might have come from one or two actually you've got more very good players than that. um <laughs> but you know when you are in a culture that's a dynasty that is just so embedded that's what you've been able to create which is fantastic and you're right that the outside world um you know like they don't always get that feel if they haven't played sport before moving forward to this week you've always mm. got a huge blockbuster game against top of the ladder brisbane yes on friday night a pre-grand final really because you know <laughs> It's hard to break that top four of you. Um, number one, are you looking to it as a, well, this could be the grand final? And two, what are you going to need to do against them? Because they're pretty unstoppable at the moment. Oh, they have been, like, amazing to watch. Um, 
obviously I play, but oh, I, I love watching the Lions play and I'm sure um, everyone across the country do as well. And, and how exciting is that for, you know, women's footy? Mm. Um, but, yeah, like we are going to have to be at our absolute best. Um, Shans, when you speak about, do we look at it as a grand final rematch? Definitely not. Um, I know it's cliche, but Doc's been in the game for a very long time and it's week by week, um, step by step. And, yeah, that's kind of what he embeds on us and don't look – too far forward, um, make sure that we're in the moment and, you know, and that even starts with training tonight. You know, we've got to make sure that we're prepping the best we can and then have a really good session on Wednesday night before we do head up to Queensland. But they're just quick. Um, they've got depth. You know, you talk about stars, but, God, they've got just genuine depth. Um, you know, they've got Bella Dawes, who's probably, you know, one of the most underrated little guns um, because she's behind the likes of, you know, Emily Bates, Ali Anderson and, and Kathy Spark. Um, but then you've got the forward line. Um, I could list them all off. Um, like I said before, I could list all my teammates off. So I think it's going to be a really um, crucial game. And, yeah, it's going to be one in the midfield. And, and like, I'm a midfielder, so that, that's a little bit daunting. Um <laughs> But as an athlete, you you love and you thrive under those, um, I guess, challenges. Um, but they've just got depth and talent and and, and speed. And um, what we've probably seen in the past couple of weeks um, is some people really match it um, with their pressure because they're so good, you know, around the ground. But their pressure game, um, when that's on, they're hard to stop. But I think if we bring um, a mountain of heat, hopefully – you know, we can make sure that we're winning those contested battles, but oh, it's it's going to be an incredible game and, and how good that whoever was doing the fixtures, they got what they wanted. Um, <laughs> pretty bloody good match that we played on uh, Friday Night Lights, um, a Metricom. Yeah. And for you as a team, though, is that top spot important? Like when it comes to finals, when it comes to that home game and you're going to want that home final, like is that really important? Oh, reality is we're just – trying to bank as many wins as we can. And then, and then when, you know, that round finishes in round 10, when we go over and play St Kilda, we'll have a look at it then. But just, you know, we've played some really tough teams this year. And, you know, I think you've seen, you know, Richmond, I think. Yeah, they did. They they knocked off Lions and you've seen North Melbourne come close. Melbourne are in form. You know, Taylor Harris is leading the way down, um, down there. So I think any team can win at any given day. So I think if you were worried about finishing top, you'd probably be in a bit of strife. Um, but we'll obviously want to go over and get the four points and that's what we'll be focusing on. And and then we've got Geelong the following week who talk about in four teams, informed teams. Chloe, she, you know, almost won the game off her own boot and – yeah, she was one of us a couple of years ago, so it's nice to see her um, in some form as well. I like it. Ev, um, you're reeling off the rest of your fixture. Thank you very much. You've saved me the issues because you do, after the Brisbane Lions, come home playing Geelong, then St Kilda. Is anything short of another premiership not success for the Adelaide Crows this year? Um, Sammy, we go into every preseason setting out to, to win the premiership and, and that's probably something that, just as a competitive person that I am, I love that I've found myself uh, within a football club and within a team um, that, you know, settles for nothing less. And, um, yeah, that's just something that we embed on our girls, whether you're a first year or a second year or a sixth year. Like, we're here to win premierships and premierships are very hard to win. 
they're very, very hard to win and it takes a lot of hard work, um, you know, not only on the footy field or the training track. It's the gym, it's the recovery, it's the coaching staff, it's the, you know, the game system that we're playing. It's everything. Yeah, pre-season, pre-pre-season. Um, but, it, yeah, it, it's something that we always speak about and we know we've been there and we know how hard it is. Um, and we just got to make sure that we probably for us is we keep, we're getting better. We've got three game, three games to go. Um, we've got Brisbane this week. How are we going to get better? Um, you know, every session we've got to get better to make sure that we're at our best, um, come finals. I think you've given us the answer there. If anyone tipped that the Crows were ready to, you know, fall off the perch this year, they've, they've been mistaken. If And Ebony Marinoff is actually shaking her head. Eb, thank you for joining us. Your energy is infectious, whether on the field, just us watching or talking to you on Zoom. Um, you began this... Um, uh, chat with us sideways on Zoom. You've moved it around. The only thing you haven't really done is lay one of those incredible tackles. I'm upside on down. Yeah. <laughs> She's My upside down. Pins. We thank you so much for joining us and we can't wait um, to be watching you play those mighty Brisbane Lions uh, on Friday night in Queensland. Good luck. Thank you. See you, Ebs. Bye-bye. That was Ebony Marinoff. I feel like we've both just been tackled, Sean. So let's lay one on each other. Let's Ooh, okay. <laughs> let's throw it back or throw it forward. What are you doing this week? Um, I'm kicking back this week, Savvy. I just found last week. Oh, I find every weekend entertaining, but yes. I just found one game in particular super entertaining, and for me, that was the North Melbourne game. Reason being, right? So reason being is that. There was a few shanks that ended up in a goal. And I'm just going to talk you through this for anyone that missed it on the weekend. You've got to go back to the game. Because Emma King had the ball and she went for goal, but it hit the outside of the boot, went up in the air, and it went directly to Jazzy Garner. And I was like, woo, yeah, Jazzy Garner. And then Jazzy Garner, who's one of the best pocket kicks going around, I was like, she's got this. But then she check-sided on the wrong side and it went up, but could have been on purpose because Mia Wall has come up with this incredible mark. She positioned herself in the perfect spot and she has marked the ball in the goal square and she had a front-on shot and she kicked it. It was amazing and it was one of the best set plays I've ever seen. So whilst North Melbourne were disappointed to go down with a loss to Brisbane, they should be incredibly proud of that play. But Sam, that wasn't it in the last five minutes of the game. The umpire went down with a strained hammy. And I'm sorry to this ump because it would have been so embarrassing, you poor thing. But it was great content. She's thrown the ball up, boundary in, ended up on the ground, and the game's just going on around her. And she was just cooked. There was nothing she could have done. Um, And the poor thing. She ended up getting up. So credit Credit to the umps. Um, You know, she did well to get up and finish out the last 30 seconds of the game. Um, Real strength. Good luck, Ump. We are watching. Shans, I am going to kick it back as well. Ultimately, after a total mess at the Essendon Football Club, what they announced um, when their CEO was appointed and then resigned very rapidly is that the views of Andrew Thorburn's church, of which he is the chairman, were incompatible with the club culture of Essendon. My reflection here, and I know it's a complex one, especially to sum up uh, so quickly in this format, is they were not just incompatible with the club culture of Essendon. They are in 
entirely incompatible with a growing culture of the AFL as a code. I am proud of that. I am really proud that AFLW helps the AFL code see this so clearly in the face when it is laid out. The AFL has changed remarkably. At the AFLW, all the women, all the out proud women who are coming out and saying, this is me, include me, show me, show us this so clearly. I just wish that Essendon had had that at the front of the mind when they made their appointment in the first place. So well said, Sam, and perfect timing for Pride Round this weekend. Shan's it always is slightly emotional at the end of an episode because it means another one's down. We're driving into round eight. I hope you have a great week ahead, whatever it involves. How many horses, I'm never sure. How many Instagram stories, I don't know either. But uh, I hope you have some very exciting things ahead and can't wait to hear about them next week. Oh, thanks, Sam. I do love my my ponies, my three ponies that played with me yesterday. But before we wrap up today, um, I just want to say quickly that I know at the start of the pod, I made it all about me. Um, I I have a habit of doing that. It's a really bad trait. Um, But I love attention and and everyone who does and, and doesn't know me knows this. But I just wanted to say, Sam... You are the pod. You know, I only said that because of my insecurities. Get off, And shiny. you keep me in line. Um, the way that you host this pod and what you give to this pod is the pod. And, you know, one day we, we might consider changing the titles around to Sam and Shani, but until that happens, just know, just know that you are the pod, Sam. And I'm- I am wrapping this up. You are ridiculous, Shani. That is enough from you. I need to wrap up this pod as we always do by thanking the ABC for having us, by thanking our wonderful producers, Evan and Patrick, our audience. Thank you so much for listening, for downloading, sharing, atting us, tweeting, all those things that Shani loves. And we thank Ebony Marinoff, uh, just another guest on the list, Shans, for the back catalogue. Go back, have a listen. There's plenty of um, Eb stars all throughout our series so far. And Shans, as always, you sign us off the only way we know how on the pod. W out team, see you next week. This podcast was produced on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.